What is happening, everyone? Hey, it's Nick with the Arsenal Bros. I'm here with Ben today. We're here to revisit the Brentford victory and to preview the North London Derby. What a tasty fixture that'll be. Have a listen. What's up, everyone? The Arsenal Bros are back. I am Nick, and I am joined by Benji, and Benji only today. Kev is absent. So it should just be the two of us, Benji. How are you? You know what? I'm a little sad without Kev here, but uh, it's good to be back. It's been way too long since we've got to it's, jump on and talk Arsenal. It's been too long. We might need to do a welfare check on Kevin because it's just it's been a while since we had the pod. Been a while since we had some Arsenal to watch, and maybe he's uh, maybe he's just not coping with it well. So, Kev, if you're out there, we hope. Uh, Hope you're here in spirit, and uh, we'll get to hear from you soon. So, Benji, I'm going to hand it over to you. You're taking on hosting duties today, and I appreciate the work that you put into this. So let's get cracking. Yeah, I'm. Uh, with, it's just nice to be able to to pour into some Arsenal. We've got two weeks to cover. Not that we've played much in two weeks, but we have the Brentford game. We have some internationals, and uh, we have a big, big game upcoming this weekend. Yes. Okay. We, take will, it away. we will preview the spuds, and we will. We'll uh, let's uh, start by talking about the nice kickabout with the boys. Glorious. Mm. Yeah. What'd you think of Gabrielle's tweet after the match? Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's from last season. He must have really. I mean, he had a great game, pocketed. Tony. I mean, Tony is a bully. He's been having a great seat. Um, he's a big dude. So, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a unit. I think uh, I think he's a lot bigger than we realize. And he's. I mean, credit to him getting his England call up. Although he didn't uh, didn't participate much, but I do think um, he earned that. And uh, Saliba and Gabriel absolutely pocketed him. Like I said, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he earned it. It was maybe like, yeah, I mean, are we past that? Because it was last season. Do we want to be classier than that? But I don't have any issues with it. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I do appreciate class, and, and we beat them, but I'm all for banter. Me too. I, I want to be a team that has this side in them to where we're riling people up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just it. feel like that's good for it's good for the league. It's good for us. We need an ego. We need an arrogance about us. Mm-hmm. So I definitely. looked up Ivan Tony's weight because now I'm curious. What and they have the him point? at 154 pounds. Five ten, 154. That doesn't surprise me. That's not a lot. What did he say? Five ten. Five ten. Hmm. I would have expected a little taller, but I mean, probably similar to Jesus to where, yeah, just a bit of a, um, a thick fella, and you, but he definitely uses his body well, so maybe yeah. that makes him seem. Big. I mean, I think the footy players are a bit smaller than you'd think, but then you run into Gabriel, who's six three, six four, and you're like, wow, you are a unit. He is. He's a big boy. He's a. Uh... Yeah, he's six three, one seventy two. Still, that's it, man. I mean, you gotta be lean. 
That is that is lean. I guess they they're running a lot. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You have to you have to be at an ultra fit endurance level and speed level. So how how big can you be if that with that? How big can you be playing a, a high line like we do? Like you have to be ultra athletic at your size. So yeah. makes sense to me. No, when you when you say it out loud, it's like of course. But just in my head, I picture like I'm looking at all these NBA and NFL sizes and like LeBron's 220 and it's like he's just so massive, but he's also 6'8". So I right. guess comparatively, that's not even crazy. Like Zion came in at 300 last season. That's, um, a, that's a lot. I can't ah, imagine a 300-pound footballer. That would be insane. So not good. Well, we're already off the rails. Here we go. Um, let's wrap, let's get us back here. <laughs> yeah. So let's just run through Brentford. Most of the people who have listened to this pod will listen to other pods breaking it down. And so I don't know if we'll say too much, something too crazy that's going to blow people's minds. And so we'll just uh, run through it. Brentford unbeaten at home. Uh, what do you think of the lineup? It was pretty straightforward. Yeah, Vieira coming in for Odegaard, and we talked about depth and how we didn't have depth last year and now we have depth so um was kind of our first taste of seeing that and in tyranny in for zinchenko again seeing depth in areas that we didn't really have last year so yeah was uh excited to know we had that and excited to see uh see what vera could do yeah and and i think we did get to see pieces of it but i still think there's a lot more to come from him i think uh, sure. first game of the prem floating in and out they you know playing against a, a midfield five is, is sometimes tough in that number 10 role and so um i who are you impressed with on the day oh i mean i think collectively just the performance like we were in such control and i think i got to a point where second half i was i was pretty bored um yeah and that's weird to say because knowing the arsenal of the last five or six years, like you're always like, do we have this in the bag? And I feel like we haven't had many comfortable victories, especially on the road. It's like, you just kind of thinking what's going to happen. Where's the mistake going to come from? Where's the mental lapse? We can still put in a good performance, but something might happen. And it never did. I mean, the early goal will always do that and it was kind of subdued with the death of the queen the moment of silence in the day game compared to you know our trip to brentford last year so i think some internal external factors about the atmosphere changing and uh but yeah i mean we really i mean as gabrielle said it was really a nice kick about with the boys and i mean it really was i mean we were in Total control. So I think that's the thing I was happiest with, just the control we exerted because I had, I think I talked about in previous tweets or tweets in pods that we just um, – I really wanted us to be able to find that next gear, like moments in games to where we can just kind of – see the ebbs and flows out but be in control and um yeah we really did it this game and really just um just took the air 
out of the game. And like I said, it got to a point where it was kind of boring and yeah. just because, I mean, it reminded me of, you know, a bottom half team that we played under Wenger to where it was like, you know, we're, we're in total control. I think I texted Kevin during the game. Like he had asked me the thoughts after the game. I was like, I feel like we just stiff armed them to where we kept them at arm's length, did what we needed to do. I mean, what gave away one shot in the first half. I can remember Ramsdale only making one huge, not even huge, one bigger intervention in the second half. But, you know, we could have even had another, at least one, maybe two more goals. So yeah, long Long answer, but yeah, just I think most pleased with um, just the control. I think I'm trying to think of individually. I mean, Saliba, obviously. Um, I thought it was one of Kieran Tierney's better performances. That's that's um, who stood out to me. I think, and we've talked about you and I have gone back and forth over Tierney <laughs> and Franco. Yeah. So let me take a small piece of cake uh, after this match where. I think with Thomas Party and his ability to command the midfield, he's just so freaking good, man. Like, oh, yeah, it's a huge difference when he's in. Oh man, he just just is so smooth. Like if like, he's fully fit, like what can't he do there? Uh, for sure, he. I mean, we really, really realize how important he is, and you know, he's not even. It's hard to describe. He just. Sees his way out of pressure, is always available. Um, but yeah, just, just really Im- impressed. I mean, I impressed. Like, this is when he's at his best, this is what he does. So, yeah. And, and he's, he's more noticed when we don't have him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if he has a good game, it's almost like, it's almost like a good ref. You have a really good ref, you don't notice them. But when you have a really bad ref, you do notice him. So I guess when we don't have party, I feel like we really <laughs> notice that compared to when he does play. Yeah. Kind of like and I feel like that's when our back line gets the most uh, praise because like, I feel like I should have looked this up, but like our back starting like premier back line with Thomas party, like the amount of clean sheets we probably have kept with that comparatively to when he's not there is night and day like he's just he just gives us that extra freedom for our outside backs to run and move and it just like things just feel smoother yeah the security which allows us to build up um yeah impressive for sure yeah so we have that early chance the martinelli was a great kind of um tiki taka playthrough ball into Martinelli and he just misses his misses his chance slips and doesn't finish did you have that oh no here we go again feeling no and I know I'd mentioned that but I did not I was like wow it was really impressive I don't know if you saw it it was on the bench cam and somebody on Twitter clipped it but um Brentford Brentford's bench's reaction to it like hands on their head like visibly thinking we just got carved up. I can't believe they didn't score from that. Um, I mean, easily would have been one of the goals of the season. And I oh, think it had to have been. Yeah. I think, think we're sleeping on uh, how how great a move that was. I mean, everybody but I think Tierney touched the ball. 
You just had to bring it up. I, I didn't have against Tierney, man. <laughs> I'm just spitting facts in, in that okay. case. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just like, I feel like Arteta just is going to have that on repeat alone in his room, just watching it over and over and over again. Because it just is exactly the way he wants to play. Yeah. I mean, this is the sign, the patterns of play where you start to see similar chances being created. And then you're like, oh, wow, we, we continue to create these. And um, yeah, that pattern play is encouraging. But then in the 18th minute, we had a, a Yover special, Saka de Saliba. Pretty straightforward, nice goal, near post corner. We've been spamming the near post all season. It's just we've we've unlocked something. We have some big tall guys and feels like we're actually using them. Yeah, what I really noticed was uh Saliba's positioning um before the ball was kicked, and I think he jumped ahead of one, if not two guys mm-hmm. while Brentford was static and it was actually Ivan Tony, but he just made that run to the near post and just snuck right in front of Tony. I mean, Tony just went straight up and was just beaten to it. And I think Saliba's other goal, I mean, I can think of last year, Thomas Party had a goal just like that. Rob Holding had a goal just like that. Gabrielle had a goal just like that. So yeah, pretty, again, the patterns, the things that are being constantly drilled, it's uh, pretty interesting how now they just, some things are continuing to happen. So. Yeah. Great goal for nice. like we, we have multiple guys who can run in there, so you're varying things up. And so, like, who's going to be that guy in your post? Um, when we have so many options, it's gonna it just it just makes the defense pause a little bit, which is pretty nice. Yeah, definitely. So then, just what ten minutes later, uh, we have the beautiful eleven minutes later. Interplay, Jaka to Gabrielle, Jesus, and my goodness gracious, what a freaking goal! That ball, that Jaka ball was like, like I feel like when Wenger signed Jaka, that's this is what he imagined. <laughs> I didn't know he had this in him, like that ball. I didn't whatsoever. So I mean, it was like. It was like something you would expect Odegaard to play. I mean, it was just sure. inch perfect. But then Jesus's movement, like how he creates the space and then creates so much power heading it back across the goal. It was like, whew, bro, we when's the last time we've seen that? Giroud? It had to be Even Giroud. Then it was so like, uh, yeah, he should. He's tall and big, but like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely made me think the the last guy we had doing that could not do that. So <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very like, you know, and I think this is last year where we created these type of chances, but we, we couldn't put them away. And so now put tucking those away is how we kill off games. And I think we definitely, uh, yeah, 2-0 going to the side of it. Yeah. I felt really good, especially because like they just didn't have did they have a shot on goal in the first half? Uh, I think one. Well, either yeah. one on goal or just one total. It was limited. Yeah. And so like 
If they had one big chance the whole goal, the whole game. Total shots five. So really not many in the first half. It was actually their lowest amount of shots in a top flight game since they've been promoted. Mm-hmm. And at home especially, and you can say it's just Brentford, but they had going into this game they had scored more goals than us. So yeah, say, say whatever you want, but they are a threat offensively. And um, they were absolutely nullified. A certain Manchester team came into Brentford and lost 4-0. So Bueno had a header in the fifth minute that was kind of very tame. And then Bueno had a header pretty deep um, in the in extra time in the first half. So two shots on goal to super low XG. Um xg opportunities yeah definitely so so yeah heading in feel good then we come out and uh viera with a thunder banger of a goal uh what do you think i mean the the bill again it's i mean as great as the goal was the build-up for the goal just just is, is what is encouraging me saliva playing a one-two out of the back, Saka Iso draws people. Um, Vera gets it just in a dangerous area. Um, and he just has the courage to take it on. Body shapes, looking like he's going to bend it far post. And I mean, I still don't know how or why he chose to go near post, but you know, you could tell Rea was not expecting it to go there. And uh, I'm all for us taking some more hits from outside of the box. And, you know, we've all watched the Vera comps and he has that in his locker. Whereas maybe Odegaard is a little more hesitant to do that. And uh, yeah, great strike, great celebration. Um, I thought Vera was okay on the day. I thought he'd play very safe. Um, But still obviously really impressed with the goal and uh, really happy for him to kick off and hopefully this really gives some good experience or just good confidence moving forward. Yeah. How nice is it knowing we have him on the bench when Odegaard starts, or maybe he comes in and plays a wing or plays an eight, but like knowing he's on the bench to come in and and provide something that is a little more goal threat still can pick out just about any pass. It seems like, you know, the early cross could beat a guy down the line, plays through the lines, but then has a goal threat. Like, him, Smith Rowe, Eddie, uh, Marquinhos, like all these players who can come on and just score. We have been missing that. I think there were times last season where it was like, well, we could we could bring on Kolasinac to, to play left wing back. We could we could bring on a, a teenager for their Yeah, <laughs> I mean back. you could bring on Reese Nelson, like like there wasn't it was about a young maybe not that young, but it was about an Enkedia or nothing. And that's about it. And now, yeah, I mean, when fit, you look around like, well, this guy could score, this guy could score, this guy could score. And it's like, oh, if we get in that position, I mean, hopefully we don't put them all on at once and we can ease them in, but uh, it will be very interesting to see what happens if that comes up. I think we need to talk about Bukayo Saka because – and we've talked about this, you know, last week or the week before about how he's not having a great season, but he is second in the league in assists 
Okay. He is having a great season. He is. He's been really good. He is not saddled with the responsibility of needing to carry the squad offensively like he has the last two years. It was kind of like he just looked to his left, looked to his right, and he was like, well, guess I have to do it myself. (laughs) And uh, credit to him, he did. So uh, now he looks and sees an inform Gabriel Martinelli, and he looks and sees an inform Gabriel Jesus, and I think he's like, "Yep, I uh, I have a, maybe a different role to play now, and um, maybe more provider, maybe more ball carrier than goal scorer." And I'm excited to see this evolution uh, and to see yeah more of this side of him. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think we'll continue to see more of his game come out. I think you're right. Like especially as teams adjust to Marnelli, to Jesus, to our midfield, like I think it's going to open up more. And I think, I really do think like his star potential is still not fully there. Like he has another level to go to and Uh, he's playing really well. I think he has multiple levels to still get to. I'm not saying he's underperforming because I absolutely don't think that. I just think, I, I his potential is just off the charts. Yeah, he just turned twenty one. Crazy. Nick, what were you he, doing at twenty one? Uh, not that England Player of the Year. Yeah, it's uh and well deserved too. Oh, he man. needs to be. I mean, you could put Harry Kane on the England team sheet first. That's fine, but he not needs to be a lockdown starter at right wing. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, he's been uh. I mean, he Very came impressive. in and transformed that Germany England game. No doubt, he's so. I mean, he brings brings directness, brings security on the ball, brings ideas. Um, what more can you ask for, especially in that position? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. To have a right wing who, after what seven matches, has four assists and a goal. I mean, any side would take that. Any side. That's yeah, exactly I, what you want from that right wing position. And so, you know, I love that him and Martinelli are taking set pieces um, mm-hmm. because to me, that shows the ball striking from both of them is um, is on that upward trajectory because I think the more they're able to do that consistently, um, I mean, we're going to see more and more goals, aren't we? Yes, we are. It's going to be good for sure. So uh, not much left in the second half. We made five subs. Uh, Sambi came on for Thomas party. Good. Didn't get injured yet. Uh, Eddie came on for Jesus. Tommy came on for Ben white deserved. Uh, but then the big one, Ethan in, in, Oh gosh. I think, I think the N is silent. It's just one Nary. One yeah, I felt like Kevin there. Whew. Uh, yeah, he came on. Thoughts? I know it's been overplayed and overdone, but we can't not talk about it. Um, He's 16 years old, and he came on to play for the Arsenal. He's 15. He's like, he wasn't even 15, 15 and a half. Yeah, 15. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it has been overblown, but I did, it's just a really interesting conversation, honestly. I mean... 
and somehow, and this is just a media thing, like Arteta has, they found a way to give him stick for this. If this was anyone else, nobody would care. I mean, he would be praised, but because it's the Arsenal, because it's Arteta, he's getting slated for doing this. And people are saying it's selfish on him. Um, I mean, I think it's strategic, if anything. I mean, again, you're showing, I, I, I think, first off, obviously, he's good enough because he had made the match day squad. Uh, at least he's been training with the first team. Mm -hmm. So you got to be up to a certain level to do that. And then, I mean, he sounds like he received glowing reviews from Grant Xhaka, who's doing his coaching badges um, in Permoto Soccer. And, you know, you're not being thrown out in a Premier League game if if you can't, if you don't have something in you that can do that. So I don't think it was a token, hey, we're going to throw him out there just to say we hold this record or he holds this record. Um, but I do think that it was just kind of a signal to signal to the league, single to hail in, just showing, hey, this we have this in us and and he's I mean he's on that trajectory. Um I mean he had one touch so we don't have to go too crazy about how he played, but just the fact that somebody thought he was good enough to be able to make a difference is exciting. You look at last year, I mean, we lost Omari Hutchinson. He continued to make the squad, the bench at the end of the year, continued, continued, never got on. And I wonder if he left because he didn't see that pathway, and now that pathway is becoming a little more clear because of something like this. I'm not sure, but... Yeah. Um, well, yeah. there's also the the. You look at Cesc Fabregas, and I know that's a, a a name you don't just throw around lightly, but but he started playing. Was it a year after the Invincibles? I think so. It was not far. And was in the team with Henri Bergkamp, um, Freddie Umberg. I mean, he was in with all of Vieira, with all of our legends, playing at a young age. And so, like, if there's anybody who just has zero time for antics and PR and playing the media, it's Arteta, who's going to throw out the strongest Europa League group stage side you've ever seen because he doesn't want to lose. And so I just feel like if anybody's been following Arsenal for any amount of time, they just see that he just just has no time for that that selfishness or that bs or the pr stunt it's just like nope he's good i want to send a message i want to continue to recruit young players i want to show that we are a side that loves youth and we'll give them a chance if you're good enough you put, you'll play yeah and that's what, with, that's what he did with Saka. that's what he's done with martinelli that's what he's done with um, even in the recruitment of Ben White and um, others, like it's just like if you if you can play, if you know ball, you're in. So. Definitely, yep. I mean, and I think it keeps the seat pretty hot for you know those first team guys, and I think it gives hope to the youngsters that yeah we we see you, we're watching. So good stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been overblown. Um, but I I hope he gets um, 
I hope he gets some Europa or Cup minutes soon. Um, I think that would be great for him. Yeah, I think so. And the, and just to kind of show like his talent, his skill, what he's what he's been about. Um, because if the, some of the reports I'm reading are true, like this is a special talent. Like 15 years old. I mean, the dude doesn't look 15. He has a, a man's body, and let's let's see what happens. Definitely. Love it. Well, any final thoughts from Brentford? Again, our most controlled performance. I hope we continue to show that side. These are the type of games we need to secure points from to achieve what we want. Yeah. And that's right now it's top four. Um, so we just need to keep taking care of these. I mean, we look really strong away from home. I think it's a swagger that we have within us and, we honestly haven't looked as strong at home, so interesting to kind of see that parallel. So, wow. yeah, that. it'll be interesting, especially our next home match is a, is a fairly big match. Uh, it is <laughs> maybe our biggest home match of the season uh, happening October first, but uh, but we'll get there. Any any thoughts on the international break? Uh, we had I a few it. injuries. We had a few. Uh, I hate it a lot. I hate prophecies of who went, who stayed, who played, who didn't. We had some transfer rumors already, even though the window's three months away. What, I'll try, what you... I'll, yeah, I'll try to give you like a one minute rundown of my thoughts just because I hate, I really hate international football. I love club football. So the international right. break is just hell on me and I, I mean having the queen stuff thrown in there i'm just like i need the arsenal back so that was miserable it, it really was i mean i found myself watching a league one game um oh, i watched rough. i watched the the women's north london derby which is great to see yeah but I, I want to watch the lads and um need to watch them take care of business um so i'll give you my rundown ben why right, not starting, making... i'm starting the clock Okay, I'll, I'll try to go a little hot seat. Ben White, not making, ben White not making the England team is an absolute disgrace. I really feel bad for him. What more can he do? Saka is England's best player right now. I will say that. Um, Odegaard did get a game for Norway, which encourages me about him being fit. Thomas Party came off in the warm-up for Ghana. Very worried about him. And uh, it's just the same thing over and over for him. Kieran Tierney came off for Scotland um, after an apparent head injury. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think it was confirmed concussion, but um, hopefully he's good to go. Um, and then I don't know if we had too many. Oh, Saliba was hooked. I'm not too worried about that for him. Um, I trust. I mean, it wasn't injury-wise, but I think his confidence will be uh, where it needs to be. And um, Five seconds. I'm very glad it's over. <laughs> the international break, that is. Nick, that was the most impressive thing you've ever done on this pod. Thank you. I, oh. I, I will add, I, I forgot to talk about the U.S. Oh, come on. You just ruined it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not excited about the the U.S. and the World Cup. Well, I think we're going to dedicate a pod to this. We'll get Neil back on um, and talk a little bit about – he's a big – U.S. men's national team fan, and we can 
when we need to, again, the international break is going to kill us, and we're going to have to talk about something. Um, yeah. We'll address talk about that. The, the U.S. and why Jordan Pifak is not in the United States squad, even though he can score bunches of goals, but whatever. I don't think whoever you pick is going to make a difference. When when there's no there's no plan, there's no consistency, but we'll we'll leave that for later. Okay. All so. right. I I have two points that I want to talk about. Okay. Ben White is better than Harry Maguire. He's the most informed England defender. Yeah. Why is he not playing? I mean, can can you argue anyone is more informed or more versatile than he is? Nope. I don't think I don't think you can. When Southgate plays a three back. If he goes to a four back, you only have a couple guys that can do that. And he's shown he's a top class center back and a top class right back. But that doesn't seem to matter because you could say the same about Trent that he's a top class right back and he can't even get a sniff. So I'm just pretty confused and I'm just convinced Southgate has his boys and he wants to play him and they play for one reason or the other so i'm kind of like uh, well maybe it's just better if he doesn't play i don't know yeah i honestly think though from an arsenal standpoint like not having all the brazilian guys go not having ben white go i feel like they're all their personalities are kind of like this like oh okay hold my beer like like i'm i'm gonna show you what's up like that quiet pissed off like I don't like you. And so now you're all going to pay for this in like a really good way. Um, so I'll, I'm excited. I think we're going to see a locked in Ben White. I think we're going to see a locked in Brazilian core. Um, that's going to, my hope is that they just kind of jump off heading into um, these next few matches. Yeah. I hope they have a chip on their shoulder and, Feel like they have a point to prove, so yeah, that'll that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, right. But yeah, he's what, what more can you ask for any of them? But I hope if anything, they're just fresh and fit going into this weekend. Mm-hmm. Do you think Thomas Party will play? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to tell really you, I think he will. I I mean. I have a feeling that he will, but I just—he's—he's he's the one person you're just like I don't know. Can't yeah. say anything about him. You just don't. You just don't know. You don't know. I mean, I really think—I don't think Mikel said, "Hey, warm up and then don't play. Um, act like you're injured." I, but it's them coming back and not getting a um, nobody getting an update on that. Uh, at least we, the public, it, uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know <laughs> what the status is. So, yeah, he's not going to show his hand. Let's say that. No, no, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to just see how that is going to shake out and what, what we do long term to see if we need to find a player who can actually, you know, string together 20 games and in, in 20 starts in a row. Uh, at that position we don't we don't have that right now even though i'd say he's maybe our linchpin player uh, he, he absolutely is 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, we could spend a lot of time talking about what we need to do after him. Um, but let's just hope he's there this weekend. That's what we need. Yeah. Just We'll just stay in the moment. We'll stay present, practice some mindfulness, think good thoughts towards Thomas party. And, uh, hopefully it's, a it's a party on the weekend. I love that. Which leads us into the spuds preview. Um, Perfect. I know I've been, been waiting. I was like, let's get through, let's get through all this so we can talk. It's, I can't stop thinking about this game like i can't imagine what it would be i i might be borderline cardiac going to this game because i mean i am nervous about it um but maybe more just anxious because i'm like you know i just really really want us to take care of this for multiple reasons i mean prideful i want it um I want us to reclaim our our spot. Um, I want us to prove to the league that we're legit. You know, when we're test, if we're tested again, that we're right there. Um, just a lot of things. Yeah. Well, and it's the worst team in all the land. Um, so my first question as we enter into this uh, preview is: When did you? begin to really understand how terrible Tottenham are and how despicable their players and fans are. Yeah, I was on the It's an Arsenal Thing pod earlier today, double pod day for me. Shout out to Tom uh, and Lauren and Jay. Great people. Um, But I um, was recalling my earliest North London Derby memories, and it was the Bentner goal um, when he came on first touch, scored that stooping, mm. towering header, um, and that was one of my—I mean, still one of my favorite Arsenal goals, but obviously huge in that game. Um, but at that time, I didn't have a hate for him <laughs> like I do now, and yeah, that's quickly progressed obviously and i mean we for so long we were we were all over them and it's really been humbling to be second best and it's really it's it's been hard because i don't feel like they're the bigger club i feel like this is their golden generation they're in their purple patch still trophyless in with their golden generation. <laughs> and um, I just feel like we're, we're closing in for sure. I, I don't think they're a good team. Does that mean, does that mean they think, I think we have it in the bag? Absolutely not. Because this game, a game like this, anything can happen. But I do think we are on the, the ascendancy. And I do think they have either plateaued um, or are teetering to falling off the cliff. So, yeah, that's uh, it's it's tough in a derby. Like anything can happen. The better side doesn't always win, um, because there's so much vitriol. There's so much angst. There's so much just like 
un, raw untapped emotion that comes out uh, when two rivals play. And, and so I think we saw that um, Rob holding being the great example last season mm. when yes. we were on a good run of form and just kind of lost it a little bit. We had some abysmal roughing decisions. I mean, he, he, I mean, you bring up a great point with Rob holding noticeably pumped up for the game, but not, not in a mental, emotional state to maybe back out of something that he should have been smarter about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it's like, again, we were young side, we're growing, but, but Rob holding at 26, been in those situations before it's, it's the pressure of the Derby. And so I think, um, I've watched Tottenham a few times this year. You always say you watch them a lot. I do. I know every week and <laughs> they're, they're a miserable side to watch. I, I would hate being a Tottenham fan. Oh, could because you imagine? I, I mean, let alone they have the worst colors, the worst kits there as, uh, Andrew on the, the arse blog says, uh, it's just a cock on a basketball. Like what? Like what is this? Yeah. No, I mean, they're terrible to watch. Like after, I mean, obviously being a biased Arsenal fan, watching us. I mean, with the with Wenger ball, but that going into Arteta ball, like you see the patterns, you see the one twos, the combinations. Like wow. And then I watched Tottenham just spam crosses in, and I'm like. This, this is it and so but it, it's somehow it's effective somehow mm-hmm. they'll be they'll have a lower xg they'll have less possession and they'll get that three on three break and of course they'll take care of it and uh you know if i can say anything positive about them is that they have absolute killers up front i think they're average at best around the park their midfield hoybeard bentaker the back line, Romero, Dyer, the wing back, Sessignon, um, Perisic, I mean, the whole lot, uh, Ugo Lloris included. I mean, just lots of, yeah, I mean, maybe on, on, on a good day for them, they're a solid player, but the consistency from the rest of them is limited. Yeah. And, but they had that front three that, will just crush XG to where they'll have a 0.02 XG shot and they'll bury it. I mean, Sun scored a hat trick off of less than like absolutely 0.3 XG. And it's just like, what do you, what do you do against this? You give up a low percentage shot and they just bury it. And it's like, how I describe them to people is they are the most boring and miserable team to watch, but they are one of the most clinical teams clinical yes i've seen in years where they just can produce literally something out of nothing and so i do think that the law of averages will work against them no doubt finish at that rate yes it's just a matter of when i've been saying that for a long time like this will catch up to them as xg always does it over a wider margin it always balances out for sure and you're right like when is that going to happen like they're just it gets racking up one way eventually it's going to come crashing down um i really do think that's going to happen um it's just it's not sustainable it's not so yeah. i will say their xg is decent this year um 
We we are at 13.4, second in the league, and they're at 12.4. And so I think part of that is the the high scoring matches. They've scored 18 goals in the league. Um, you know, six two versus Leicester. Um, 2-1 versus Fulham, but that's in every competition. That's not in... I know it is just in the Premier League, but still. Um, but I do think they're a terrible side. Um, and so... It, it will, I will say, looking forward to the game, it will be very interesting them lining up because I do think, similar to United game, we're going to play a very high line. I think we have to because we play the best and can really squeeze them. But if we... Again, just like the United game, if we get sloppy or just you miss one rotation and lose the ball and it's direct right into just playing into their hands um, than their style. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, which is, is risky, obviously, because that's how they do it best. But I think it's also risky for them because I could see us having a lion's share of the ball like I'm talking 65% plus. I mean, and I think they're going to be happy with us having it. So I am uh, very interested to see tactically. I mean, this is really going to be a chess match. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be emotional. I think somebody's getting sent off. I think there's over four goals in the game. Like this, I feel like is going to be a derby to remember. It's going to be open. There's going to be chances. Um, there's probably going to be a penalty. Something's going to go to VAR. Like, I'm thinking, like, everything you could predict from a game, it's going to happen. Just because the emotions, like, we're both, I mean, we're one and two in the table. We're both, I mean, on a great run of form. Um, we're scoring goals. We're, I mean, we're not defending great. And I'd argue they're not either, but it's getting it done. So, man, I'm yeah. expecting everything. How do you think we'll play? Because I do think we'll have the advantage in the midfield, especially if Tony's party plays. I mean, for sure, we'll have an we'll have an extra number because with them, it's Hoiberg and Bentaker, and you know they'll have the additional number on the wing. So it'll be interesting to see how far Saka and Martinelli will have to come back, and if that changes our buildup. We haven't played too many three back teams, although we I mean Brentford. I'm trying to think if we've really come across any other ones this season mainly brentford if i can remember i think that's really about it so yeah it i mean that causes different problems to defend but i mean it also finds pockets to attack so well the I'm way not... they play their three back is different because they play with the wingers and just one forward or brentford played with the two forward system occupying both center backs and so even that is a little a little tricky a little different i think it will give space for our outside backs to have room to attack and move and run forward yeah and i don't and i guess that's why i say we'll have the lion's share of the ball because i think there's a lot of spots we can attack and move numbers into we just have to be safe with it um i think the only way we lose this game is and it's how you lose any game is individual errors, but mm -hmm. more obvious critical lapses, which we've had over the last couple of years when we haven't been as good, but um, we've definitely limited those and we've been performing better. So 
we just have to be secure in possession. And if we're going to lose the ball, lose it in the attacking third and be able to counter press, win that ball back. I mean, just like the Brentford game, if we lost the ball, they couldn't get out. Like we would win it back so quickly or they would hoof it and we'd be back in possession. So I would anticipate the same thing. Uh, I just hope Kane doesn't put on a drogba to where it's like, I don't touch the ball for 80 minutes and then I get a half chance and I score it. So we're just, we're going to have to be, I mean, in credit, I guess to be fair, they haven't come across a defense like ours. I mean, Saliba is going to be right with Kane. I, I very much expect Son, Richarlison, and Kane to be in there to bully us, to try to wind us up. I mean, we all know about Richarlison. I mean, that whole front three is like the peak masters of the dark arts. We know Son against Rob Holding last year. That It's hard to argue that wasn't targeted, intentional, um, going after him, especially on a yellow. I mean, that's just strategic, but, I mean, it worked. I mean, we we all know Kane and the darling of the FA, and we all know Richarlison and the crazy stuff he does. So, I mean, all three of those, that's just... I'm not I'm not even really scared off their talent. I'm more just worried about that side of it against a young uh, team. I mean, in I mean it's two emotional teams. You have two emotional managers and uh there's going to be some sort of fireworks, I think. Yeah. How do you think the handshake's going to be after the match? That depends what the result is. I mean, Conte's an idiot. I feel yeah. like Mikel is controlled. Um yeah. He is. I feel like he can lose his mind with the best of them. I disagree. I've only seen it against Klopp. Yeah. And I just feel like this match is as big as a Klopp match where I think Conte is uh, – oh, he'll he'll just be animated and big, and I think Arteta will match it a little bit. But he doesn't have a reason to match it because I think the first team that plays off of motion is going to lose. You have to be – cerebral assassin in this game because of top I mean huge game rivalry Emirates is going to be rocking and I know we have an emotional team like just full of passion merchants and I feel like if you feed off of that you make a mistake or I mean I think a lot about the city game the city game at home last year like we scored play school crazy we're playing great and all it took was um, ticky tacky fouls from Gabrielle, and I mean we still played fine after that, but yeah, that changed the whole landscape just because we were so piped up and um, yeah, I just really think the first team that cracks with that emotion, um, I mean we we go back to that Arsenal Liverpool game, one of those ones in January's at Anfield, um, it was the league game, and once. Arteta cracked and got into it with Klopp. I mean, Anfield was alive and we got ran over. When we were playing pretty well, uh, we gave the crowd something and you could see the momentum just totally collapse all over us. So that's how I see it. I feel like... No, I think that's a good shout. I think you're right. The team that, that can't handle their business, both physically and emotionally, will will struggle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you play to the moment of the, I mean, it's anything like I'd say as a coach, if you play to the level of this occasion, 
emotionally, you're not going to be able to cope because it's going to be a pressure cooker and you have to stay cerebral. Just like we have to play these patterns. You have, I mean, Grant Xhaka has said it multiple times that we didn't do what the boss told us to do. I think I can remember in multiple big games, him saying that we didn't follow instructions because you play off emotion and you try to get by with that rather than sticking to the plan. And I feel like in bigger games, it's easier to go more of heart versus head. And if you stick with the plan, I'd like to trust Arteta, especially having two weeks to plan for this game, um, that that plan will be best for us. But if you play to the grandeur of the occasion, um, you'll fall right into the trap. And I feel like that's what Tottenham really wants. So Good. so there's kind of, I think, three big questions for lineup. Um, who starts at the six, the holding mid, who starts at right back, and who starts at left back? Well, I mean, I think we both think Party will be there. Yep. I, I doubt we see him in any training pictures all week, but I think he'll be there. He's He's been back at Colney. I think this is a game he could be risked for. If, I mean, if it's not his groin, it's knee. So I don't know the status for sure, but I think he'll be in. Um, what else did you say? Left back? Yeah. Ooh. Zinchenko was injured. It's been a minute. He's had some time off, but who would you play, Tierney or Zinchenko? I would play Tierney because I think, looking back, I think Tierney should have played the United game. And I know I was really high on Zinchenko, but I feel like Tierney has shown his class. I feel like he's shown that, uh, just a reminder to everyone, like I am one of the best left backs in the league and – now we have two of the best left backs in the league. I think Zinchenko against teams where we have so much of the ball is great, which I guess on one one line of thought could be we're going to have the ball against Tottenham. We need him to play to continue to have security there. But if we feel like we need some more stability or we need an overlapping option, I mean, it really comes down to tactics. Do you want somebody inside? Do, I mean, I would argue we don't need another person central because no. they're they're where they're already one light in that position so adding zinchenko is just another person so i would honestly go tyranny to maybe give martinelli um more protection and um more width to hopefully give martinelli more space so i would go tyranny if they're yeah. both fit and i don't know what their status is hopefully hopefully we can have the luxury to choose i'm with you and i think that also gives Martinelli the ability if, if Tierney's bombing forward on the wing, some of that movement inside can just kind of confuse a back five at times. And with Jesus going in and out, Martinelli going in and out, Tierney being able to provide some width, um, I think it just gives us a little more flexibility in, in the right spaces, even though I think Zinchenko gives us more flexibility on the attack more times than not. I think in this case it's the defensive cover but also uh flexibility out wide which will be nice yeah i'm with you and then right back do you think ben white keeps his position he he played well against uh, zaha now he's going against either son or richarlison or kulisevsky 
Um, or do you think Tommy comes in? I don't think Ben White has a reason not to play. I mean, yeah, I think it's his until he shows it's not. And I think soon we're going to have to rotate in some capacity. And I think Tommy will be back out there. Um, but he, I mean, he mentioned he wasn't thrilled with not playing. And I understand that. I want guys who aren't happy with not playing. And it's nice to have the depth. And I think very, very soon we're going to be at a point to where we have to rotate and balance. Um just due to fatigue. I mean, we have, I think, nine games in October, so his chance will come, but I think Ben White plays and deserves to play. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think I think it'll be great. My only thought is, like, will Mikel get a little wild with his lineup if Thomas Party's out? Will he shift and adjust things to provide more cover for the counter if our counter stopper isn't there? I I think we've seen what we do if we don't have party. Lacombe comes in, Shaka helps him a little bit, and we're a little more limited in that way. Yeah, but I, I can't just see wonder if he would anything. surprise them and try something different. I don't know. I don't know. I think that changes. I think he's past that. I think that maybe would have been first or second season, Mikel, but now it's if you don't go Sambi in this. I mean, what does that say? Yeah. About him. Mm-hmm. He's not bad. He just. Just maybe he's, not ready he's yet. He's not there yet, but he's who we have. Without El Nini, like, he's who we have. And Mikel has shown, I mean, especially like Cedric, too, last year. It's like, he's who we have. And he yep. has. He, he's disciplined in that way. So mm-hmm. I think it sends the wrong message if it gets too crazy. So. Well, speaking of crazy, let's get crazy. Predictions for the match. Yeah, to me, it's. I mean, I see an all-timer here, and I pray we're on the right end of it. You know, I feel like this, it'll be a lunchtime kickoff over there. I feel like traditionally we've played well um, or have had memorable games at this time slot. So I'm, I'm going to go 3-2. I'm going to go – somebody's going to get a red card. Um yeah, I'm going to add that. But I'm planning on us winning. We're the better team um, at home. I'd like to think it's – I just hope that pushes us over the edge. I mean, we've seen such great atmospheres at the Emirates, and I think this is really, really, really going to be um, – I mean, the atmosphere last year was great when we had barely won a game. Then look at this year, top of the table, going to this game. I think it's going to be rocking. So I'm going to go 3-2. Yeah. Kevin, just a message in our chat. He's going 3-1 to the Arsenal. He said 3-1 to the good guys. There's going to be goals for sure. I've been thinking about this all day. Um, Actually, I've been thinking about it since our last match. And uh, I'm so torn. I just don't know. But what I landed on also was 3-2. I think – I do think there's going to be goals. I think it'll be a one-goal match. I was between 2-1 and 3-2. Uh, maybe a 4-2 with just a late push, but I, I have to predict the Arsenal to win. So North London Derby, we need we need to win this match at home. We can't. We have to play well and win. Um, I think that's the next evolution if we want to continue to make statements in the league and get to where we think we should be. Like this is – the United thing was one – 
thing that was away, but Tottenham at home. This is where we kind of show who we are. Um, and I think it'll be tough. If we come out away with a draw, like that's fine. But I really think we have to push for the win. And I think Mikel will push for the win. Plus, yeah. it's going to be my birthday. And so we better friggin' win because I want to have a good birthday. No doubt. I feel like a draw will be pretty deflating uh, depending on the fashion of it. But I think it'll be, mm-hmm. it would be, um, yeah, we'd, we'd be disappointed with that because I think, I think we know we're the, we're the better team, but um, we'll have to see uh, yeah, how it goes for us. Yes, sir. All right. Well, okay. any final thoughts, Nick, before we wrap it up? I, I've been waiting for this game for sure, so I'm uh, very ready for Saturday morning. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be very nervous. So, Absolutely. It'll be a nice early 7.30 kickoff here on the East Coast, but uh, I'll, we'll be up and, re- and roaring ready to go, man. I'd be up at 2 a.m. for this game. I don't care. So. Oh, 100%. <laughs> no doubt. So. Well, thanks for hosting. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's your hosting debut, I think. I did one early on. Ah, uh, dang. Well, we've been racking up so many of these. Hard to keep track. Yeah. For our two-week hiatus, we're back, and uh, it's good to be well, back. It's gonna we'll be... have a busy, busy, busy October with the rest of y'all. Indeed. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, lots of good things to talk about. Yeah. So, Well, for Nick, I'm Ben. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the Arsenal Bros podcast. Find us on Twitter, and uh, we will see you after a North London Derby win. Love that. Hopefully, uh, happy Arsenal Bros. Yes, sir. All right. See ya. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Shout out to Benny for hosting. Man, we can't wait for Saturday. What a cracking game that'll be. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll have a busy October. Nine games to review. So be sure to tune in and catch us with Kevin and Ben to review it all.